Welcome to the Litigation Finance Podcast. I'm your host, John Freund. This podcast is brought to you by the Litigation Finance Journal, the only dedicated news source to the litigation finance industry. Please visit www.litigationfinancejournal.com. Our guest today is Manny Walia, Managing Partner and General Counsel of Siltstone Capital. On March 6th and 7th, LitfinCon will host its third annual litigation finance conference in Houston, Texas. The event will bring litigation funders, and law firms, corporate counsel, judges, law professors, and investors together to discuss key topics and trends happening in the litigation finance sector. Manny, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you back now. Uh, third time's a charm. So, I mean, the first two were also charms, but this will be a, an even bigger charm. Um, so why don't you tell us, this is now the third installment for LitfinCon, so why don't you tell us what we can expect from LitfinCon 3? Uh, what should attendees of this event look forward to? Thank you again for having me, and thank you to many of your listeners who helped support LitfinCon 1 and 2. We're very ex- excited to host uh, the third iteration in March of this year, and basically we want attendees um, and repeat attendees to uh, expect more of the same on a slightly bigger figurative stage. So we're bringing back all of the uh, really well-received panels, including the judicial panel, which I think is very important for our field to hear how judges are viewing you know, issues that pop up from both sides or all sides of the uh, spectrum. Um, and uh, I think it's, it, as more and more issues pop up in cases, it's nice to hear from judges as they develop their own thought process in general on these matters. So we have that. We have our academics panel, so the leading professors on the space. And interestingly, this this you know industry that we're all lucky to work in now, I think there's a course book on this topic of litigation funding that's taught in in law school. So you know I'm I'm not uh, I guess I'm dating myself, but when I was in law school, there was no one had you know ever thought about having that kind of uh, curriculum. So we plan to bring um, very thought provoking um, substantive panels. We also plan to have enough of the uh, networking opportunities, people really like that, especially in this ecosystem where many folks find the ability to collaborate with other folks. Example, the insurance uh, crowd, uh, which is growing, you know, has some natural synergies with funders. So we will definitely provide opportunities for that. And we're really grateful to so many of your attendees, sorry, your listeners, our attendees in years one and two, and we can't wait to host everybody uh, in March. Yeah, and I was uh, looking through the agenda, so I noticed uh, one of the topics is uh, one, one of the uh, panel events. The topics is titled "Debaters Hour: The Case for and Against Litigation Funding." So you don't see too many debates at, at conferences like these. So what, what can we expect from this type of debate? We had some feedback last year that folks, in particular, loved uh, uh, the dialogue on our judicial panel, where we had one judge taking positions that was intellectually opposite from another judge, and just hearing um, their thought processes uh, on that debate was something that everyone in the audience, and I myself was sitting in the audience, really enjoyed. It's kind of hard or difficult these days or rare to have genuine intellectual debate where no one is, you know, getting too personal or, um, you know, it's not off-putting. So this, we intend this to be a good old-fashioned debate on folks who might have a different view than the vast majority of attendees at our conference. It is, after all, a litigation funding conference. Many of the people who are attending are in the industry, so clearly they must have, you know, they have a view that's different from folks who might say, well, what about this or that? 
And so the reason we're having this is we want our industry to thrive, and the best way to do it is addressing some of the you know hardest questions and refining and experimenting with what are the right mitigants or answers for those. So um, we feel like the industry is small enough that we have a high represent you know, high percentage representation of folks who are meaningful players in the industry to be here, and we want to use it as an opportunity to like let's talk in public about X, Y, and Z. What are folks' thoughts on it? Why do some people, you know, take such a contrary to view to them? And let's find ideas in the marketplace of ideas that are good for us down the line. Yeah, I, I mean, I've always loved the idea of a debate. I think it's um, both entertaining and informative. So uh, you kind of learn a lot more when ideas are under pressure like that. And uh, you guys have always been very creative when it comes to your agendas. So this year's no exception. You have a comedian scheduled, as you've had in the past. You have a casino night and a VIP Texas toast the night before the event starts. So can you speak to how LitVinCon enables networking through these kind of creative and fun outlets? Thanks for saying that. We have come to learn the ecosystem, the group of people who have come to uh, come to our conference um, are already uh, friends or have like sort of a one or two degree of separation from one another. Either they worked somewhere with in you know, commonality with somebody so there is a great desire to connect, to you know, deepen friendships and create professional friendships. So we're using the you know non-panel time um, as sort of a vessel to give people opportunities to just keep connecting, talk about ideas, form business connections, and we wanted to be we just we didn't want to be stale. Although the things we've done in the previous years were really well received. We wanted to stay ahead of the curve and, and uh, try some things that we'd heard about, seen at other conferences. Um, so, therefore, we have a casino night for the first time. Um, the comedian is, is going to be a new comedian, but we've done that for you know these uh, previous conferences. It's just a wonderful break from the very substantive, heavy, sort of serious nature of the conference, which is a natural offshoot when you bring together you know mostly lawyers, finance professionals, um, judges. So it's a nice break where it really just gets people to sort of enjoy that, you know, five to 15 minute uh, 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 slot. Yeah. And um, well, diving in a little bit to, to the more substantive side of things, uh, I know one of the key topics here is going to be on, on insurance. That's a big focus for the industry right now. So um, how do you see the role of insurance impacting litigation finance sector, I guess, broadly speaking? What, what, what do you see as... Uh, uh, any trends happening here that, that that will be discussed? There was an industry article recently um, noting many facets of the role that insurance plays in the industry, and I think one of the points that got publicized a lot was, oh, is insurance competing with litigation funders? Are they taking talent? I have a little different view. I, I view the insurance um, industry or sub-industry as working very complementary to the services that litigation funders provide. Litigation funders help, you know, really level the playing field by giving folks who might not ordinarily be able to hire law firm X, Y, or Z, uh, giving them that ability. Insurance, I believe, when done right, helps provide another sort of tool in the toolkit to plaintiffs, law firms, and funders themselves on, you know, example, what happens if there's a successful trial uh, result but then just the way appeals work in whatever uh, state court you may be or federal court system uh, takes multiple years. And so how does one 
you know, how is a company able to survive if it's a small business? And we view our work with insurance uh, companies as a way to provide a tool or or route our plaintiffs to that uh, to those folks in the insurance business to give them a tool to making it for the next several years. Um, so we view it as very collaborative, very complementary um, in the skill sets we provide. And so many of the folks that we know in that industry are just astute lawyers and finance professionals that it's great to have that type of skill set and talent because then new ideas get born which help everybody. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense and uh, definitely a hot topic right now for sure. Um, you know, in, in addition to LiftinCon, Silstone is also a litigation funder. So I want to get your investment philosophy. What types of cases and claimants are you looking for right now? And uh, how, how do you approach the market? Uh, yes, that our, our day job that keeps us very busy is being a litigation investor. I think the first thing that comes to mind is it shows our worldview. We, we uh, view ourselves as wanting to work collaboratively, uh, tip our hat to some of the companies who have been around before us. And so uh, I think we might be one of the only funders who you know, host a conference and brings all of the funders under one tent. We learn from one another. We know one another. Many of us are friends with one another. And so um, that is point one, is the collegiality that is a hallmark of this industry, uh, again, because people are so connected either from working at previous stops together or having such commonality. That's important, and we want to foster that. Um, and I think what's What's really important to us as we think about our investment philosophy is we put the plaintiff at the sort of crux of our decision making at all times. So some examples on that on that slogan is um, we want to focus on creating very simple, clear contracts um, for this type of work. We want to make sure we're not using legalese or uh, such dense financial um, concepts that it it shies away plaintiffs from asking questions. The best way to start this multiple-year professional marriage, as I like to call it, between law firm and funder and plaintiff is make sure there's clarity at the beginning. So the hallmark of what we do is we look for deserving, or what we view as deserving small businesses, companies, people who have claims and are looking to do what we were built to do, which is provide capital to help them access the right type of lawyer for their case. We love to focus on particular um, niches uh, just because it helps us be very fast. We want to be extremely uh, speedy in all of our intake. So we only focus on civil cases. Um, we And even within that, you know, there's particular subject matters that we like and we keep coming back to because it helps us uh, move fast. And we know a lot about those spaces because we're such repeat uh, investors for those areas. Yeah, and so when you look at the industry as a whole right now, um, I might say this is a pivotal year for the industry. There's there's some definitely some t headwinds at play, and there's always tailwinds for this industry. I feel like. So, uh, what do you see as some of the challenges facing this industry this year, and what are the opportunities going forward? I think the opportunities are huge. I think uh, someone said it at a conference I attended years ago that the industry was you know then in its third inning. I think we are maturing as an industry as evidenced by um, more and more law firms knowing that we're out here, uh, more and more plaintiffs also knowing that. Um, different investment um, indicia of that also. So there's like a secondary market um, folks who might not be able to source primary deals, but they're coming in in the secondary market. That's a sign of a maturing market. 
And then, as we talked about earlier, the, the role of insurance demonstrates that um, the work that's being done here at the ground level has captured the attention of some of the best and brightest financial minds. Having said that, I do think the industry should be mindful and, uh, and not have any hubris when it comes to the headwinds that are out there um, that face us. I think there is still sometimes a battle in the in the media um, or in the sort of scholarship pages about, you know, does does the industry promote frivolous litigation? You know, there was one article noting, you know, are there national security threats? We have to do a better job explaining um, as best we can without giving up the confidence of the cases we're in, you know, why it is that it would be very bad for business for any of us to be funding frivolous cases and, um, you know, I, and then, you know, any thoughts as to, you know, promoting bad cases, you know, it doesn't do anything for us. And frankly, many of us would be out of business if we did it that way. So I think um, to deal with some of these headwinds, I think conferences like ours uh, are needed to, you know, tighten and hone those messages, get it out to the broader uh, group of folks who are thinking about litigation funding but don't know enough about it. Invite more people into the tent, have them see us for who we are, which is, you know, a lot of us are lawyers who love being on the plaintiff side and finding a way now to do it on a broader scale. And I think we also, the final thing I'll say about this, and sorry to be so long-winded, is, you know, the concept of disclosure and regulation. Um, I think as an industry, we should kind of collectively come to a general consensus. One notion could be, we know it's coming. Let's work with folks to make sure it's a sensible regime and not something that's too onerous such that it would dissuade plaintiffs or law firms from getting funding. That probably then is a rule that's overbroad. And we can work with folks as to what, you know, what is what it is that, uh, you know, uh, folks on the other side, you know, want to have as a disclosure rule and, and work with them on coming up with something sensible if one is interested in, in uh, accepting the fact that there might be more disclosure and regulation down the line. So I think collaboration is really important and might be, um, you know, part of the solution to all of these headwinds. And one thing that we can do at this conference is meet, visit, talk about, and refine um, ideas. Yeah, a conference is a perfect place to do that. So um, Litvin Khan, the third iteration in Houston, Texas, this March, March uh, 6th and 7th, is your opportunity to go and meet uh, industry stakeholders from across the spectrum and, uh, as Mani said, and, and share ideas and, and learnings and uh, make new connections. So, Mani, thank you for coming on here and, and sharing your thoughts on both Siltstone and Litfin Country. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I hope you are able to make it down to Houston and as many of your listeners who, who have the chance, we'd love to host them all. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, if you're interested in learning more about LitfinCon, you can go to the website, www.litfincon.com. That's L-I-T-F-I-N-C-O-N.com. And you'll find all the information there that you need. Thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll see you on the next episode of the Litigation Finance Podcast.